Justin, sing me a song about a murder mystery. Why do you always do this to me? <laughs> I think that's fairly easy. A murder mystery. Yeah, a murder mystery song. That one's actually kind of hard. I can't think of any song. Are you serious? That's a murder mystery song. Yeah, really. You can't think of one? Think none at all. Neither one of you. Maybe give me a hint. I can't right now, actually. Yeah, what are you thinking? Man, nothing. I don't fucking have anything. I don't have anything for anything I say. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I was just hoping if I kept saying like that, it'd jog your memory or something. I mean, I actually would have accepted the Scooby-Doo theme song. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh. Does Clue have a theme song? I'm sure it does. Accepted that. Yeah, but I don't remember it. It's probably an orchestral song because that's how things were back in the day. Carmen San Diego, but it wasn't really like murder mystery. It was more like exactly history mystery. History mystery. (laughs) Yeah, because she would still like. Well, that's when she was going through time. Sometimes it was geography. That's true. It was. See. But I'm talking about where in the world. Where in the world? Yeah, that's geography. Carmen San Diego. Yeah, geography. Well, which one was the cartoon, though? That's the... the Where is Carmen San Diego? Carmen San Diego. Which one was that? Is that a song? Well, I think they, yeah. kind of, they kind of combined both of them with that. Because in the games, if I'm remembering correctly, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego is geography-based. And then Where in Time is Carmen San Diego. That's when you would go back to, like... And it was the Egypt, history. Egypt yeah, Times it was the history. all that stuff. I mean, there would be some history in the other one. It'd be like, oh, like, which... Pharaoh made the pyramids. It was that type of thing. It's like Ramsey's the third. Yeah, I am accurate on that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's questioning Damn. that. Nobody's at all. questioning that. <laughs> He's at least responsible for one of them. I know that much. <laughs> or at the Sphinx or something. I don't know. He did some shit. See, that's how good you have to be with this shit. Just sell it. Yeah. Then nobody confidence. Yeah. Confidence. Because I guarantee you there is some asshole like on a keyboard now going, You're wrong, Sterling. I'm looking it up right now. I think you welcome that. I don't give That's a fuck. Thing. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> like, yep, I was about to say, he does not care. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm going to correct him. I don't care. Do it all you want. I'm not going to give a fuck. <laughs> so as you may have guessed from my, my song question. Wait, why am I doing that now? See, I'm all out of order. We're doing this differently. I'm confused. Let's start the episode. Don't laugh. Yes. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I am physically joined by Heather and Justin. Yeah! I was about to say, Justin, this is a podcast. You moving doesn't count as a response. <laughs> it does nothing to listeners. But you guys can see me. I, so, I think that's know, what you do like I'm when you're to... by yourself. You just make those motions when you're alone. <laughs> I will not answer that. <laughs> I will not tell the truth on that, but I'm hoping my... For you guys to feed off of my energy right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once again, Justin, this is a a sound medium. You can't make visual things. Although I wish people could have seen what you just did. <laughs> he flopped his arms around. It wasn't a flap. It was a flop. <laughs> it's he for fl- you guys. He flopped them. It's for, you. It's for mm-hmm. you guys. I'm, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> now the listeners know you're an arm flopper. Arm flopper. So um, if you could not guess by the mystery-themed song request we are going to talk about what we like didn't like and everything in between with the movie knives out what you're pointing what are you pointing at <laughs> i thought you were going to ask him to go first oh you want him to go first is what you're saying yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> well um just to give you guys a little heads up we are seeing this later than we typically would see a movie just because we wanted to record this all together and special uh before we go and record our live episode at bar 171 in summit so i know that does nothing for anybody like nobody can go see this live show we're doing by the time this comes out but 
I'm just giving our listeners a time frame in which this was recorded before we go to our live show. And so uh, starting us up, what we liked about this uh, movie, Knives Out, Heather. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. What did you like about this movie? I knew you were going to do that. Oh, well, yeah. Because you just were trying to be subtle and be like, Justin first. <laughs> no, fuck that. Oh, man. Okay. We're, we're, just like this movie, we're going to put all conventions and just like stand them on their head and just do our own thing. Great. Great. That's good. Um, um, I really liked this movie a lot. I liked the cast was obviously really good. They played off of each other really well. You did feel like they were actually a family that did not like each other and fought all the time. Um, I like how it was like, there was the drama elements, but just the way that Daniel Craig's character was, was so comical because of how he spoke and just kind of like, it was kind of like he was intentionally being like this super... I don't know, like animated, cartoony type of character with how he spoke and the types of phrases he used and all of that. So I thought that was pretty entertaining and it worked uh, really well. Ryan Johnson said that he was going for a, isn't that how you say his name, Ryan? I, I know it's all spelled stupid, um, but he was going for like a Southern version of Perot. Mm, okay. So like if anybody knows like the Perot stuff, he's a very extravagantly French person. Mm, mm. Okay. I think okay. Te- I think technically he's Austrian. But he's French and has a ridiculous mustache. <laughs> and yes, so that was, he was going, that's what the whole character was going for, was like a very Southern version of that type of detective. Mm-hmm. Where he just talked and like, you know, very poetically and just like that kind of flow thing. Yeah. My little and moment. it's, and it was a very, like he was the only character that had that quality about him, which I thought was kind of cool. It made him stand out a little bit more. So I thought that was cool that they had that. Um, he was he was very good. Like, it's just weird to see him as this and then James Bond, like just <laughs> the accent changes, the type of character, just all of it's very different. So although he still looks good in a suit either way, so that works. <laughs> I think he looked better in a suit in this. You do? Because I think for the Bond movies, I think they go always a little too tight. Mm, yeah, it's definitely more fitting. Like, I know, I know. Well, I mean, it's some nice suits, though. Well, it's tailored, yeah, yeah. Tailored, which is fine. Which, I mean, they're tailored in this. Like, I mean, that, that suit's like painted on his body, but it's not so tight. Yeah. Like, they always go unreasonably tight mm-hmm. on those to where, like, you see the tension on the buttons and you're like, why are you doing that? Just <laughs> cut it right. Especially because he can't do anything in those. Yeah. He always ends up, anytime they do the stunt sequences and stuff like that, they have special suits just for that that are built to give him movement because no one can fucking move in suits that tight. No one. (laughs) Yeah. It almost feels like his character was like from a different time in this movie. I don't know why. He just kind of had that vibe to me, which was kind of cool though because you feel like he's just very traditional and classic old school like detective and it was cool. I liked it. Um, I loved Jamie Lee Curtis's character from the start. I thought she was awesome as like the super entitled um powerful, you know, oldest, I think she was the oldest, right? Yeah. So I thought like she just played that so well. I'm a huge Jamie Lee Curtis fan, as people probably know from my um, Halloween episode that we did, but she would just, she's so believable in like any type of character she tries to play. And I liked seeing her as this very like only looking out for herself type of like, I'm the one that deserves everything. It was really entertaining to see that. So I liked that. And um, I liked Lakeith Stanfield Stanfield as um, the other detective. Technically, yeah, sorry. I guess technically Daniel Craig wasn't a detective. He was a private investigator. Yes. But uh, Lakeith was a 
detective. So he was good at that too. I actually expected him to be a little bit more of a role in this movie, but um, in what he did, he was still really good. So it worked out. Um, Yeah. And I do like how they, the way that they pieced the story together and how they laid everything out for you, because even like little subtle things that they say later on in the movie or at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, that's why they put that like random piece of dialogue in there. Like, for example, when Jamie Lee Curtis is talking about, um, you know, her and her dad had like this mysterious way of communicating with each other that they had to figure out. And then you see that she's able to like read this letter that he wrote that was, you know, you had, she had to like light the lighter to get it to show what was being said. And I was like, oh, like, so it was just kind of like that was said for a reason. And it came back later on as to why they said it. So, and I feel like they did that with a few different things in this movie. So they were really clever and subtle with it. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't obvious. It was very um, subtle and smart how they did it. And even just all the dialogue in general between the, the family members and just you know, I mean, even when he does that long, this is why I know you did what you did speech that they do in those movies. This one was fun, though, because you're you're like, oh, I didn't catch that. I get it. So that was kind of fun to see. Mostly it's just a fun movie and the acting is just phenomenal. And um, Chris Evans is great. I did not know what to expect from his character because you think of him in a few different ways. Like he starts out and you're just like, he's an entitled douchebag. And then he starts helping this girl, um, Marta, starts helping her. So you think, you know, to try and figure out what to do about having all this inheritance she got. And then he goes back to being completely not that guy. So he was very smooth at tricking you into what his character actually was. Um Marta, whose name is um, Ana de Armas. She was great. She was really great. I personally haven't seen her in anything else before, but she did a really great job. Um, she kind of was a, the central character almost. You feel like this was basically her about her more than anything else, um, which I also didn't expect because even from the trailers, which is nice that they don't give that away, um, you don't think that she's the main star of this, but, um, but she is, and she does a really good job. So, and it's very beautifully shot too. Like you just, you feel like it's this old, old timey murder mystery. You feel like it's in its own little world because of how they shoot it. And, um, even that little, what was that little spinny knife thing? Was it like a chair that they had? Like, um, you see them kind of sitting behind it or something, or it's sitting behind them. There's like a bunch of knives in a circle. I don't know if it was a chair or just like a... Well, they had a chair in front of it. I don't know what the purpose of that was. I think it was something because apparently a lot of stuff in his house was from his books. Yeah. Was like the, you know... Maybe like just a prop like, or something. Well, yeah, just something like he had made because it was something in his books, like he thought of this or something. Yeah. And so he had that made or something like that and just put in his house. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, just like the feel of the house was very much like, you know, it, it just, everything fit. It really, it made sense. Everything felt like it belonged in the movie. You don't feel like, why is this in there? Why did they shoot it this way? It was just a really well shot movie. Um, yeah, I mean, and I just, I like the the whole story. Like you feel like it, it was a complete story. They finished what they started with their mystery you don't feel like you know oh well that doesn't make sense everything made sense when they explained everything um yeah I just I really enjoyed like everything about this movie there were very few things that I didn't enjoy about it so um yeah that's what I thought what about you Justin what did you think well um nobody cares what you think uh 
Oh no! I just wanted to do that since I could like interrupt you and like know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to expose you now for our <laughs> Cinefans audience. This guy eats four bagels yeah. in the morning, <laughs> and whenever he eats four bagels, he is like the Chris Evans character. He's an entitled douche, but just <laughs> hey, correction. Not for some of the movie, he's this is uh, the whole movie, the Lifetime movie is Sterling eating four bagels and being a douche. All right. For one, you're wrong. I'm like that the whole time, regardless of whether or not I eat four bagels. <laughs> I didn't eat four bagels today. Mm-hmm. I eat those on my work days. <laughs> didn't work today. So you're wrong. I am like this because that's just who I am in my soul. I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> you were at my house this morning. You know I didn't eat fucking four bagels. There's no evidence to support that. Except your own eyewitness testimony. Mm-hmm. So, what did I like about Knives Out? Before I stick a knife out on Sterling, since he's right in front of me. Um, no, this was, I really had a great time with this film. And I'm such a, I guess you could say I'm such a big fan of like murder mystery, whodunit type of movies and Earlier this year, there was a movie called Motherless Brooklyn with, um, <clears throat> oh my God, I just drew a blank. Edward Norton. Yes, with Edward Norton that came out, and I really enjoyed that. And Bruce that. Willis. Yep, Bruce Willis was in and it Willem also. And Dafoe. Yep, he was in it too. I just wanted to wait and say other cast members <laughs> yeah, after see, he started going again. Because we're all in front of each other, so he can do this to me now. All right, I think very they get easily. it. We don't need to keep mentioning that we can see each well, other. Well, but I hate you because this is this is your strategy. This is what you're doing. You're trying to ruin me. But no, that movie came out, and it was good. It was solid, but man, this one just blew me away with just how excellent they told the story how great the pacing of it was. Um, Like Heather said, it was beautifully shot. And there were just so many great acting performances in this movie. Um, And I wanted to speak briefly about Anna de Amos, too, as well in this movie. Because she, um, just like how Heather said, I'm not too familiar with her. We were looking at her filmography and saw that she was in the latest um, Blade Runner 2049 and... Um, And I vaguely remember her from that. And she's been in a couple of other things as well. But um, but I don't remember her much from her previous roles. And man, I think that what she was asked to do here, especially when you consider the casting of this movie, there are so many veteran stars in this movie. And it could have been very easy to steal scenes from her or steal the spotlight from her but I ultimately I think she emerged as arguably the strongest character in this now some of that was by design but even on screen when she was with these other actors whether she was on screen with Daniel Craig or Chris Evans she never really got overshadowed I thought that she was strong throughout and she just really did a fantastic job so well I'm and I don't really necessarily have a formed opinion on this either way, but I'm just wondering if maybe is that just by design because of the way the character is, since the character is such a sharp contrast, mm-hmm. like personality wise to everyone else. Yeah. It's she's going to shine differently. True. You know what I mean? Like since even, you know, all of the family are just all fucked up assholes. Yeah. But even from some sort of even way. from the detectives and, and, and uh, LeBlanc or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck his name was, uh, like, she's just still different from him. She is just distinctly the only character in this movie that is that type of character. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering if, do you think that that's one reason why she shines so much? Or is it her acting? Or a combination of both? 
Like, it's just because, like you, like you said, it's like, yeah, her character was meant to be the ending shining part, but I'm just talking about in the actual scenes. She's so distinctly different. Do you think that's a factor? I think that that definitely helped, uh, for sure. And, and like, and as you were saying that, I do think it is a combination of both because you're right. All of the family members in their own kind of way were entitled douchebags, although they all kind of had different quirks and personalities uh, that went with that, which is just why the acting by everybody was so great. But yeah, she definitely stood out as kind of the quote unquote good person, good natured, not meaning to really hurt anyone, kind of a fish out of water in this scenario, kind of thrown into something that she wasn't that she was prepared for but didn't know that she was prepared for, I get might be the best way that you could say it. You know, she, um, in the end, it, it was, it was the, the goodness within the character that stood out and kind of shone through the nefarious plot, so to speak. So I do think that you're right. I do think it was a combination of the writing for this character, but also she had to act. She had to bring it in those scenes. Yeah. And I think that, it would have been easy for them to overshadow her, but I think she really just held her own. So hat is off to her for that. And like Heather was saying, just the pacing of this story is just, it's just so much fun. It feels like you're playing a game of Clue or like you're reading a murder mystery novel with the pieces and it gives you little inklings here and there. And just like things that characters are saying that come back and they actually pay off later. And I can think of so many films that we were, that we have talked about that tried to use the same strategy, but they just didn't do it as effectively. Glass is one that really comes to mind. Like it's not a murder mystery, but it was one where at the end they try to, he tries to say, Hey, look, all of these events are connected and here's my big reveal. But to me, that didn't quite work because we didn't get scenes like what we got in this film. We didn't get those moments of dialogue that kind of make sense later. We didn't get those scenes to kind of help us piece it all together like this did. But this comes together in such a satisfying way. And one of the things that I think is brilliant about the storytelling is the fact that halfway through the movie, we get to see how the father dies like halfway through, you know, that, that this was a suicide, but it's not even really about knowing exactly how he died. It's more or less about what the events that led up to that, what was happening afterward. And there's this other story that goes with that. The donut hole that <laughs> is not complete and is actually another donut hole or however uh it was another donut it was a donut hole that was actually another donut that's right yeah the donut hole that was that's that how was he great. said it yeah the donut hole that was actually another donut which was just some great dialogue by uh daniel craig's uh leblanc character but that's what you find out that there's this whole other story. There's this, these other motives and there's this other plan going on. And it was just so well executed. Like you didn't walk out of the film confused. You didn't walk out with, with bad, with those bad questions that sometimes a movie leaves you with like this, like, well, this wasn't explained or that wasn't explained or why did this character do this or that? There was none of that. I just walked out satisfied and felt like I had seen 
a, a complete movie that I had a full meal and I was content and I was happy and I took a deep breath and I was like, oh man, not going to need to eat anything the rest of the day. That's what this movie <laughs> did for me. I left with a full stomach and I was very pleased with all of the actors and the entire story that was told. And just to um, loop back about um, Ana de Armas' performance, I do agree that I think it's a mix of both because she is the only character like that, which makes it stand out more. But you have, she did it in a very specific way, like just the expressions on her faces and just her reactions to things and how she did it was, that was her, that was her acting performance. And that needed to be as excellent as it was for this character to come across the way that it needed to come across as being that only character that is that. So I do think that it's a little mix of both, but yeah, I, I do agree. And also just like the, um, the, just the, the way that, um, I, I also agree about how they, they told what happened. Like you, you expect it's going to be a, at the end, you'll figure out everything, but it's all up front. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that they yeah. were going to say, this is actually who did it. You know, I thought the whole movie was going to be figuring out who did it up to the very end. And so I appreciated that and just how she kind of just had to roll with it. Like that scene when she sees him kill himself, the, um, Oh, what is the guy's name? Um, the in the in the movie or the in the person? in the movie? Yeah, oh, fuck, I don't know. Trimbley, something Trimbley. <laughs> Harwell, Harwell Trimbley, Harlan, Harlan, Harlan. Yeah. That was close enough. Yeah, so you could just let me have it. <laughs> um, Harlan, yeah, when she sees him kill himself because he's trying to help her, and just her reaction to that, but then realizing oh, I have to do this now because there's no going out. Like there's no backing out because he's dead. Like he's, there's no way for me to help him now. So she just like has to be, she has a breakdown of a moment and then she has to collect herself really fast and then she just goes through the plan. So I just thought the way that she executed that was really, really well done. So yeah, I agree about that. And I think also just to finally go, to go with that, maybe to say a final thing on it. I never doubted for a second that, she wasn't genuine or wasn't the good person in this. Like there was mm -hmm. never a moment, even though all that had happened and I knew and we saw that and we got the visual of Harlan killing himself and everything like that. And the fact that she was there and the mix up with the vials and everything like that. Never for a second did I doubt that she was a good person. Never for a mm -hmm. second did I go, could she be and then they did the whole thing of she couldn't lie and everything like that, which they also use that very cleverly in the mm -hmm. movie um, yeah. because she has a um, a stomach reaction if she tells the if she lies or whatever, she'll actually puke. So it's like the guilt or whatever. She just this person just can't lie. But even in those scenes where they kind of tried to maybe say, is this character questionable? The, the acting performance was so good and so genuine. I just never doubted her for a second. So I think that just um, is even more of a compliment to how well she acted in this film. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like the fact that like all the people in this, this family or, you know, in this movie really made the family kind of feel like a family that, you know, mm -hmm. like when they're all sitting around discussing politics and <laughs> yeah they definitely. automatically just have a disagreement mm -hmm. and i think it's really funny that they said things without actually saying anything specific like nobody specifically said president trump but you knew whoever was on who was a fan of trump or anything like that you knew 
which characters were those based on what they were saying, specifically just about those things. I'm not like anything crazy except for the little boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's specifically what that character is. That character is a alt-right troll. And that's, and I, and I mean that literally because that's what they specifically say he is. Um, but I liked how just everybody, no matter how genuine they may have seemed, they were like, they were still, you could tell how much they were still part of that family. Like what was the, the daughter's name? Uh, uh, Mel, Meg. Meg, yeah, something like that. The younger daughter, yes, right? the younger daughter, the um, Tony Collette's daughter. Yeah, like you know, she seemed like somebody that genuinely cared for Marta and all this other stuff. Yeah. But you could just tell at times that she would just be sitting there and be like, you know, like, yeah, we'll take care of you. Just like, but what about me and my school? Mm-hmm. Like, it was yeah. always those turns of motive. Yeah, like you know, she'd be like, yeah, fuck my family, but like, give us our money back. Yeah, because <laughs> like I have to go to school, right? And all this other stuff. And I really am kind of sad, though, that, like, even though they technically had no right to the money or anything like that, I kind of wish that all the characters had gotten exposed. Like, mm-hmm. Ransom's character got exposed, and they were like, he was cutting you out of the will. And Don Johnson's character got exposed at the end because of that letter and shit. But, like, I was really kind of s- sad that, like, Michael Shannon's character didn't get exposed, or, or Tony Klutz. And, I'm, and I know this is in the positive section, but I just mean because of how well-developed all those aspects were. I just, they were, and it just seemed like it, I, I, I just wanted that extra oomph because I just wanted to see the comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it, it, yeah, because it would have been, because everybody was acting was like so good. It would just, I wanted that extra little bit of satisfaction, like little satisfaction whipped cream on top mm-hmm. of just seeing their comeuppance too. Like, and you're just like, hey, hey fuck you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess the worst ones did get, you know, their comeuppance and everything like that. But, like, it was just one of those things. It's like, you know, Tony Collette's character. I mean, let's call it what she was. She was essentially Gwyneth Paltrow in Goop. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. It was Goop. She was great, too. Yeah, Her, She, she did a wonderful great. job. Yeah. And, I mean, I just loved it, too. Like, like, all these people, I just loved how they were like, oh, but if you break the law, you deserve to go to jail. Except when it's one of their family. Yeah, when it's us. Or, <laughs> or, you know, like, Tony Collette's like, oh, you need to think of other people. Right. Except when it goes against what you want. Like when it meant she would be poor. Oh no. Think of her, not other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all yeah. this other stuff. Like, Which is a totally realistic thing that people do that are entitled. So Yeah. And then like, you know, even her daughter who was like, they were like, oh, I was just scared and all this other stuff. And they made me tell about your mom. Like, no, you still wouldn't need to mention that. Like, it's not like they were like putting her over, like, like waterboarding her. Being like, tell us a secret about Marta. Like, you know, they yeah. weren't doing that shit. Like, yeah. they were just trying to figure out ways. And they were like, and you, I, it's just one of those things. You could see her character being like, oh, her, her mom's here illegally. So that's why, you know, and all this other stuff. And, you know, I love the fact that, like, Michael Shannon's character, who was essentially, like, when push came to shove, like, you know, they made jokes about they have no idea what their son's talking about or all this other stuff. But, like, when push came to shove, like, him and his wife were exactly the type of parents that would have a kid like that yeah like you know they were very much uh you know like alt-right trolls themselves they just weren't vocal about it because of like their generation and stuff like that or like the fact that they're not on the internet talking about it or something like that like yeah but they very much had the same mental like mentalities about things and i really loved how marta knew so much about that family though that like when push came to shove with the individuals, she did know how to take care of herself with them. Yeah. You know, like I kind of loved the fact that essentially at the end of the movie, it's like, yeah, get the fuck out of my house. Like, (laughs) and like, you know, that she has like the power over that entire family. 
And I do feel like some of the characters might actually get money from her. Yeah. Like, I still feel like that daughter that is going to school and stuff that, you know, is was more her friend in, in word only. I think she'll still end up getting money to go to school because Marta's that type of person. Mm-hmm. But it might be like, uh, oh, you've already been going to school for four years. Here's enough money for one more year. Figure it out. Like that type of thing, which would be like a good thing. You can't just like, just because you're going to school and somebody else is paying for it, you can't go forever. Like, it'd be like, you know, it'd be kind of the thing that would kind of, what's the grandfather's name again? Harwell? Harlan? Harlan. Harlan. Um, I like my name better. I'm going to call him Harwell. So. (laughs) Don't. So Harwell, you dick. Um, Like, I kind of feel like that would still be in what his image of they need to carry themselves. Of like, give them a little bit of help at this point. You know, because she is a softer character than he is. You know, she's softer personally than, you know, he was. But he would be like, hey, or she'd be like, hey, here's this money. That's it. Like, get your degree and figure your life out. Like, start now. And I feel like she would do that with all of them to a degree. I mean, I think he would. she would probably give, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character a little bit of money. I'm pretty sure, honestly, that she might have lit, what's his name, Michael Shannon's character, probably still run the publishing part of it yeah. but probably but to for a degree like like look figure this out like you've got x amount of time or something like that but that's the thing is i don't know who all knew like did she know that he was going to get fired that's the thing that kind of sucks yeah. is she, she marta knew that tony collette's character was stealing money she knew that don johnson's character was cheating but did she know that he was going to fire michael shannon because that part wasn't shown in the movie yeah they didn't you know didn't he say something, I think it was when he was talking to her, and he's like, well, I did finally cut all four of them off. He said something like that, That right? is true. He did oh, say that at the so end. So maybe he had told so her. So she would have known that he was going to fire her, his son. So, no, yeah, she probably would have done it then, because she was very much about... This is what he wanted. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I do feel like she would have done it in her own way, but still kind of kept to what he wanted, you know. So, yeah, I mean, maybe she would have done that. But I also like the fact that, like... It's just that, like, she was just so caught off guard, like, by everything. And it's like, all of a sudden, like, she's got $60 million in cash and assets or liquid assets. <laughs> so, shit, that, that's easily accessible, $60 million. Mm. That's not even, like, what's in the house or, like, stock in the company or anything like that. That's literally just money on hand, essentially. Or money that's <laughs> quickly available. Mm. Wow. And all this, in that house and all this other stuff. And, like, and just my favorite line, I think, in that movie was when she's talking to Michael Shannon in that hallway. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, with our resources, you know, we can make sure your mom doesn't get deported and all this other stuff. Yep. And just she gets that look on her face and she's like, so what you're saying is since I have all your resources. That was amazing. I Great can do line. it myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's not because like she was trying to be vindictive against him by rubbing it in his face. It was just more or less showing him like you don't have these things. Like, yeah. It's. You know, it was just to, it was to shock him. It was to just to kind of get him to back off. Yeah. Like to give her the moment of him being like, fuck. And like she can get away from him. Yeah. Cause it was almost like she could tell he was threatening. So she was threatening back to show like mm-hmm. that she wasn't going to just go with what they said. And his wording also indicated, I think, a lack of the family's acceptance that she owned everything. He wasn't saying, well, your resources or anything like that, he still was saying our, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like they didn't even, regardless of that being his words, and he was of sound mind and body when he composed (laughs) the will, they still didn't even see it that way. How can we get our stuff? They never even considered that Marty had any of that. So that was a very strong 
character statement at that point. I actually thought that she was going to, like at the end of it all, I thought she was going to basically just have the money, but she was still going to give each of them their own inheritance. You know, I thought she was going to do that. No, I didn't think so. Just because fuck that family. And like, that's That's probably your other favorite line from that movie. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's just, it was one of those things because like, I loved that you could instantly tell like every single member of that family that was like, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. You're, you're, you're such a part of our family. We're going to take care of you. But then the idea that she could do the same for them, like that she has everything now. And if you're just nice to her, maybe she'll, you know, take care of you mm-hmm. was impossible to think of. Yeah. Like, because they knew deep in their hearts, they didn't mean shit. Like that they didn't mean a single fucking word of it. Like they're going to toss her a couple bucks or whatever and just not give a fuck. You know, mm-hmm. like here's a hundred grand. We're never going to see you again. You yeah. Know? You could even tell when, when Meg was talking and she was, she was on the phone with her and she was like, I'm going to take care of you. And she was like, okay, thanks. Like yeah. just the reaction was like, just the idea of like, weird. no, no, it's mine. <laughs> right. I'll take care of you. But like the idea of somebody saying that to them is just insulting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved that, that it's, that they knew their words were such bullshit that somebody else could say it to them and actually mean it, but because they're so within themselves and talking, thinking about how bullshit it is, that to them it's like, nope, it's bullshit. Yeah. No right. one could actually yeah. mean that. No one could actually mm-hmm. mean that. No one could actually be this good of a person because right. uh, how do how do we know what a good person is? Yeah, like exactly. You know, and and to and, and to go to Mister Blanc because it is Blanc. It's not Love Blanc. It's Blanc. It's Benoit Blanc. Uh, the thing I loved about him is how much he really is kind of like Perot. Um, Perot's notorious for asking questions and saying things and looking into things that everybody else thinks is insignificant. And to him, he gets on this trail and he gets, you know, because he's got these thought processes that he's noticing things that nobody else is noticing. And like I said, it always seems like it's a bunch of nothing. And then all of a sudden at the end, when he does his monologue of why you did it and how he knows and all this other stuff, he always fucking nails it. And... I really love that in this movie because um, I do love all the pro stuff. And I I really liked, and I know I'm one of the few people because a lot of people didn't like it. I really liked the remake of The Murder on the Orient Express with Kevin Brana as Perot and uh, had all these bad. people. Yeah, but I bad. loved it. I thought he was a fantastic Perot. And especially the way he's doing it at the end whenever he's like yelling at them for like how they committed the murder and stuff like that. It just shows how much... He's beholden to the truth, but what really, like in certain instances, what does the truth actually mean? You know? Yeah. And he gets very conflicted about it. And that's why he's mad is because he very much is like the truth is what matters, not innocence or guilt or anything like that. It's the truth. The truth will essentially set you free. It's that whole adage. And I loved that LeBlanc was kind of the same character, but a little bit more morally gray. Like, I think he would have, like, as much as he wanted the truth and all this other stuff, I kind of get the sense that if he knew the truth, that say, like, Marta's character did kill the dad, that he would have been perfectly okay with being like, nah, suicide, they all suck. (laughs) Like, fuck this family, they suck. It was a suicide. Mm -hmm. You know, just because he knew it was an accident on her part. That she would never do anything like that. And, you know, it was just genuinely an accident, whereas they all had their own motives and could have killed him. Mm -hmm. They just didn't, but they could have, you know. And so... I feel like he would have actually done that if it came and it didn't come down to it. But I just feel like he would have been like, nope, suicide is fuck. She gets all the money. You all suck balls. <laughs> like, I just feel like that would have been how it was. It's kind of what he did in a way, not in so many words. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah. he just happened to know the truth. So then he was really, he was double vindicated in telling them all to fuck off. Because right. he's like, 
And on top of it, it really was suicide. So she really gets all the money no matter what. And fuck all you guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there was definitely like a showmanship and like a, I don't want to, I don't think arrogance is the right word, but maybe a confidence that he had. And you could just definitely tell that he liked the attention and he, he knew that he was a genius. Like he knew he was good at solving these mysteries and reading in between the lines and things yeah. like that. And it was just obvious that it was almost like sometimes it was his stage and he was performing. That's what I kind of felt like, especially when you get to the reveal and he's telling and he's going through all the steps that Chris Evans's character took to make this happen. Like there was definitely that or even like at the beginning when people are just kind of giving their testimony and he's just hitting piano keys, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, and part of that is he was doing that to unnerve them Mm -hmm. because he knew like it was obvious he was in the room and all this other stuff. And it was obvious that he just wanted the detective to ask a very specific question of just, did you arrive together? Did you arrive together? All this stuff. But he did it in such a way, instead of being like, you know, all this other stuff, it was a very theatrical way. Instead of maybe just like tapping his foot or like clearing his throat a little bit, it was just a single piano note. Yeah. You know, that draws attention to him Mm -hmm. and it, it disarms the people that are there and all this other stuff. And I mean, that was, and that was a very fun way of doing that scene too, of them all doing the interviews because I loved how you never knew who he was asking the question to until they answered Yeah, because it would go back and forth where you're thinking he's talking to Jamie Lee Curtis and then all of a sudden it's Michael Shannon's voice right? is the one responding to him and stuff like that. And I like, I absolutely loved that. And I loved that it really kind of showed that everybody was always looking out for themselves and already had a pre-twisted version of the story because you would have it to where one character would tell their story and then the other person would be responding. And he's like, oh, no, no, it was this. Mm-hmm. Like They already kind of had it ready. And then they'd be like, oh, no, I really shouldn't talk about that. And then another character was like, well, let me tell you about this. And just ready to tell them all about the same thing. And like, and I loved how they kind of, when they were retelling the night and stuff like this, you all got to see like their own unique perspectives on just how they treat people. You know, like when, just like, like when it came to Marta, you know, Like, how many different family members were like, you should have been at the funeral, but, you know, they voted against me. Right. Yeah. There was like three or four characters that all said that to her. They were all like, I wanted you at the funeral, but, you know, I lost the vote. Like, why are you voting on who comes to a funeral? That's the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. And then, like, you know, where they all, nobody knew where her family came from. Like, they're all saying different countries. Yeah, different countries. Yeah. I actually only feel like Jamie Lee Curtis was right. Yeah. Because Jamie Lee Curtis just feels like the person that actually knows things. Yeah. Yes. And the other ones just, they're like, oh, it's a South American country. And they were right. saying something. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Because I will say this about Jamie Lee Curtis's character. She did feel entitled, but at the same time, she was probably the most worthy of the family. Correct. I agree. Yeah. And she was definitely the smartest. And like that was made clear with that. When you were talking about the jumping, the jump cutting they were doing with the different mm-hmm. testimonies at the beginning. It, I love that part where when it gets to Jamie Lee Curtis and he's asking her that baiting question. And she's like, are you trying to bait me? And she caught it immediately that mm-hmm. he was trying to imply something else or trying to rile her yeah. up or something like that. And she fought it. Then they cut to Michael Shannon and well, he falls for it hook, line, and sink. Well, I think actually then it was, it was her husband. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. My yeah. bad. My bad. Not it, Michael Shannon. My bad. Yes, the husband. And he fell for it hook, line, and sinker. It was like, uh, well, and he started just giving uh, other details away that they were fishing for. And that was a great yeah. like juxtaposition of scenes. Well, and I like it how, you know, 
when they were they like ask when they ask Don Johnson's character about Marta and all this other stuff, you know, it like goes to the scene where they're all kind of sitting around a fire and he's like beckoning her to come to him. Like, oh hey, you're a part of the family, come join us and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. But then when you see the actual scene, he's talking <laughs> about like illegal immigrants and he's like, No, no, Marta, you're not from here. Come tell me how you you're like you're here Your legally. Thoughts. Yeah. Like, no, no, she wants to tell me how she's here legally. No, it's fine. Like you're from you're from Paraguay, right? Like just starts like talking to her like that. Like and it's just funny how like in his like in his version of the scene, it's like, oh hey, no, you're a part of the family. And then the real life version is like, oh, I'm a shitty asshole. Hey, hey, come make me look less shitty to my family. Right. Yeah. And it's but it's the exact same scene, like, you know, the same look yeah. on his face. They literally that was use clever. the exact same scene with just different words and like you see the what precedes it and stuff like that. But it's the exact same shot. Yeah. Of him like beckoning her and stuff like that. Right. And just how like you know, then he's like sitting there talking and all this other stuff. Never actually lets her talk, and then just like hands her a plate of food. Yeah, like oh yeah, just get rid of this for me. Like she was just a prop, kind of. Yeah, in a and sense. It, yeah. yeah, and it's always those things like that. And I just really kind of loved that, like all this other stuff, like where they really kind of showed those aspects of the family. And and then I also did love that, like whenever they showed her account of what happened that night, like she had great chemistry with Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when they were playing Go and. Yeah. All this other stuff. And they're just like talking and like, you know, she was like, you know, oh, I had a glass of wine tonight, but I do need to go and all this other stuff. And he's like, nope, we got to do this. And then she's like beating him and she's like talking shit to him. She's like, no, I'm going to beat you because I always beat you. And then he does this like, oh, no, earthquake. And then knocks over the board and like, <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, good. oh, Harwell or Howell. I don't fucking know that Nate guy's name. Harlan. Harlan. Harwin. Got it. <laughs> I told you, I'm not going to say his name. I've It's too far to go back. So, and, and that's one thing too. I really loved the fact that they kept going uh, flashbacks to Harwin because Christopher Plummer was a fucking delight. Is that? Yeah, yes. he was great. Oh, he was great. And I was so sad. Like when the movie started with him dead and at first I was like, oh man, we're only going to get like one or two flashbacks of him. Like, but they did such a good job of showing him from different perspectives, from different characters and stuff like that. And it's just, he did such a fantastic job. And like I said, and then, and then his chemistry with, with Marta was fantastic. So like, it really then sold that he would give everything to her, like that they did have that special relationship and friendship and stuff like that. And without even giving away the twist at the end or anything like that, like, which we may or may not have done by now, I don't give a fuck, but Chris Evans was fantastic with that shit. And I think I more or less just gave away the end by saying him, but it's just like the character he portrays with his family, but then those moments he had with Marta when they were in that bar diner. I don't know what the fuck that was. It was, it looked like a diner, but they sold beer. So it was a bar. I don't know, but his moments with her and everything like that, you genuinely think he's not that guy. Yep. You genuinely think that he's, he's different and he actually may have learned a lesson and all this other shit. Right. And then you just like, you learned that that's why he's the biggest asshole of all of them. Right. Is he can like see it from her perspective and understand it and legitimately come across as as empathetic and, and understanding of her situation and all this other stuff and, <laughs> and, and almost selfless in a lot of ways. And then, it, but at the same time, he's like, fuck her. This is mine. And that was also one of the funniest things too, is whenever he's like, this is our ancestral home. And then Benoit is just like, he bought this in the eighties from a Pakistani real yeah. estate dinner. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like this was anything like anything. It's been in the family for 30 years. Like you're older than this house. Right. And like all this other stuff. And I thought that that was a really funny way of, everybody's so entitled yeah but they really know nothing or they don't even care legitimately where it came from like that's the thing is like that's the big thing that it kind of shows is like 
as much as that guy knew his grandfather, mm-hmm. he didn't know his grandfather. Because if he knew his grandfather, he knew what would come. Like, he knew he wouldn't accept all this. Yeah. You know, you can't steal from, like, a murder mystery novelist. Like, somebody that writes thrillers right. and mysteries, like, you can't steal money from, like, the most basic of plans. Like, they're going to end up, he's going to end up seeing that. If he ever checks anything, you're instantly caught. Yeah. And if this guy doesn't want, like, movie rights or anything like that with his stuff, that you just having hard numbers from Netflix isn't going to change his mind. And, like, eventually, he's going to, like, cut you loose because it's like, look, you're not getting what we're doing here and all this other stuff. And, like... And just to add with the Chris Evans stuff, like, I really think the genius of that character also is that the family... Though as shitty as they were, they were right about him being the worst. Like he obviously and you was hate like that they were right. Yeah. And he obviously was like this black sheep. Yeah. So it was just so great how they tell this story because he definitely seemed like a black sheep and they were like, Oh, you're early for the will reading, but you were late to the funeral and like everybody just rags on him and they're like, Man, he's the shittiest one out of all of us. So at the beginning, but they're so shitty that you kind of feel for him. Like even then you feel like he's not quite getting a fair shake. And then Chris Evans is just so charismatic and I mean, you know, I didn't want him to be the bad guy. I I mean he's Captain America. Like I (laughs) You and you do partially feel like is he the black sheep because he's not a piece of shit? Is that, is that is why everybody, like, yeah. does everybody just <laughs> see actual virtue and caring and all this other stuff as a bad thing? Right. Like, is that, and like, you, he does such a good job that it does make you think that. Yeah. And then afterwards, you feel stupid. Exactly. Because you realize that he really is the black sheep because he is just, just that much worse. worse. Yeah. Yes. He is that much worse. And that's the genius of that character. Like, yeah. They were right about him. As shitty as they were, they were right about him. He was the worst. And that and that was just so great. Like, I just well, had to say that. And I kind of love the fact that when everybody's, like, yelling and turning against him and all this other stuff, both Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson are both, because he's their son. Right. We're like, no, we, like, he, hopefully he did exactly what we all should have done and all this other stuff. And, but then when push came to shove, it, it turns out the only one that actually meant that was Jamie Lee Curtis. Because when he's getting arrested, John Johnson's trying to talk to the cops. He has a bundle of money. He wants, he's yeah. going to try to bribe somebody. And she's just more or less resigned to like, oh, my, no, my kid's a fuckhead. Yeah. Yep. and I, Like, he I, deserved this. I think the, the interesting thing is, too, like, you feel like the only one in that family, I guess, I mean, Chris Evans technically was close to his granddad in a way. Like, he knew him <laughs> well. But um, Jamie Lee Curtis seems to be the only one who actually cared about him, too. Everyone else is like... They want to get something from it and all these things. And you feel like with her, she just wanted to be like him, you know? So I think that was another interesting thing about her character. And maybe that's why at the end, when her son's being arrested, she's just kind of like, all right, well, that's what it is, you know? And then she's, she's sort of getting more of that mindset that her dad had about like, got to just really deal with the consequences of what happened here. Like there's no fixing this. I can't fix it. And I think that's kind of how, um, the dad or Harlan, <laughs> how his character Harlan. was at, Oh, of course. Yes. Um, how his character was towards the end too, when he's cutting people out of his will and all that, he's just kind of like, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep making excuses for people. I can't keep trying to do this for these people that don't deserve it. 
And I think that's sort of what Jamie Lee Curtis's mindset was at the end too, with her son and all of it. And even though she didn't like that the money and everything went to Marta, you could kind of even see on her face that she's like, well, that's what happened, you know, and she's like, she's accepting it, even though she doesn't want to. So you kind of see a little bit of a subtle transition into, I think her name was Linda in the movie. Um, You see a little bit of that with her towards the end too. She was the most like her dad than the others were and she wanted that she wanted to be like him and that's probably why she felt more entitled because she's like i'm the one who did it the way he did it i should have this so but yeah i mean and and it does suck too because you're like you really don't want chris evans to be that guy because everyone in the family said he was and you hate everyone in that family because they're terrible and you're like i hope you're wrong about this guy and then you're like yay they're wrong you know and then they're not and so you're just like oh, all the terrible people, I have to give them credit. That sucks. Like, yeah, so that was, yeah, I get that. Well, and and on top of it, like Justin said, he is Captain fucking America. Like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't want Captain America to be a shithead and all this other stuff. But, like, I think part of it, too, with Jamie Lee Curtis is I kind of feel like the reason why she was freaking out more, like, just like everybody else was, was kind of because she did see herself more like her dad. And, yeah. you know, she was, I think she was the oldest. And... Like, that's what, you know, you're always thinking, like, as the oldest, it's going to come to you and all this other stuff. And, you know, everybody, like, made the things, of like, the joke of, like, oh, she built herself up like you did. And then Chris Evans is like, yeah, with a million-dollar loan from her dad. Like, of course she built herself up as self-made. Right. It's easy to when, you you know, you've got that support and all this other stuff. And I just kind of feel like she just always assumed her entire life she would end up owning that stuff and getting all that stuff. And then, like, I think part of it was just more to her was just that shock of, no. Yeah. You don't get all that. Not even you. And I do think that, like, I do think eventually, like, her character actually would have calmed down about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe by the end of the movie, like, she realized, like, after everything went crazier and crazier, she was like, oh, no. Like, you know, maybe one of the reasons why I didn't get anything out of this isn't because of me as, like, and all this other stuff. As much as it was, I did. She is partially responsible for Ransom being the way he is. For mm-hmm. as shitty as he was, he was the, like, she's essentially yeah. 50 re- percent responsible for him being the person he is you know she never put him in check you know she never like fixed anything with him you know she never actually like did anything to correct his behavior so if he is really is the shittiest one of all it's partially (laughs) her fault and maybe that's when harwin saw with how he helped her what that mentality gave her that then what led to ransom Mm -hmm. you know and stuff like that so i feel like yeah he was justified in cutting her out too because of some of that stuff right but i do feel like ultimately she would have been the least shitty of all of them yeah because all the rest of them suck balls and his (laughs) name was ransom i mean how did we not how did he fool us damn you chris evans ransom it's his middle name but see even that like that subtlety of those throwaway things that you're like that that means something like with the like oh his name is hugh or whatever and then like Hugh did this, you know, like when she says that you don't catch it. I didn't catch that. So I thought that was really clever how they did that. Yeah. I mean, part of me, because I am so used to when I watch these movies that they always try to do like that double take red herring at the end Mm -hmm. where like, I honestly thought that they were just going to be like most of these movies are at the end and just have it be Marta. Mm -hmm. Like it actually was Marta, but then they couldn't prove it. Like because she was so good at it, they disproved it being her. And then they're like, but it was her. Yeah. Like, it turns out that, like, she knew Chris Evans fucked with the medication. And she knew she gave it to him right the whole time. But then was like, no, no, you're going to die. You're going to die. Knowing that he would kill himself type of thing. Like, that she set it up 
and like she already knew the will was going to happen and all this other stuff and like she did all of that just to get you know him to kill himself knowing that it, she would be proven innocent even the, and like it'd be like the whole master plan of she was like double crossing the double crosser yeah while also masterminding this old man's death at the same time and like she was just so one step ahead of everybody right that they couldn't prove it mm-hmm. yeah type of situation and you could have gone that way easily and i think in some ways the narrative almost tried to convince you of that because the whole oh she beats me at this game every time and she beats me more Mm, than anybody else in the family like you could have used little things like that to imply that she was one step ahead of everybody like she's just this nefarious genius person and i do think that sometimes it would try to lead you in that direction but ultimately i just didn't you know her acting saved her for me i just didn't want to believe that well, yeah, and like I said, I'm glad that they, they didn't go that route. Yeah. It's yeah. just that's the route they always go in movies like yeah, this. Yeah, they do. Yeah. A lot. You know, or like it'd be somebody random like that was at the party. Like like it was very obvious that it was random and all this other stuff. And they do give you all the hints that it was him and all this other stuff. And they do a good job of that. But like most of these movies, they always end up doing the whole thing where like the guy that ends up doing it is like the random guy you saw for five seconds at the beginning of the movie. It's so cheap. You know, it'd be like it was actually... The lawyer. Actually, for like a quick second, when um, when he had, what was the guy, the, the other cop's name? It was a weird name, like Wheeler? Trooper or something. Trooper Wheeler. Trooper, yeah. When he called him back in there, I was like, is that what they're doing? They're making it like where Trooper was the one the whole time. Like, I thought that's oh, what they were they doing. Do that, they do that a lot in like uh, shows. Yeah. Like, I, I guarantee I've seen that on Murder, She Wrote, where it's like, oh, hey, no, Trooper Wheeler, bring in that person. And so Trooper Wheeler's just like, yeah, they think it's this person. I'm getting away with it. It and, was you. And then and, and Blanc's just like going off on the other person. And then it was like, and on the end, it was just you, Trooper Wheeler. And he's like, yeah. how'd you know? I totally thought that's what was about to happen. Yeah. No, because that didn't. happens all the times in, in show versions of that, especially shows are notorious for doing oh, yeah. that. Especially every time it's a cop. It's like, oh, hey, cop that obviously did it. Go get this innocent person. <laughs> So I can lull you into a false sense of security so that whenever I finally accuse you, you just admit everything right away with no evidence. You know, he's like, but then that you stepped in that one berry. That's when I knew it was you. He's like, oh, how'd you know I did everything? And he's like, oh, no, I just confessed. And you're just like, that was dude. Although his character was funny, though, because he was just like so into all those murder mystery novels and everything. He was a funny character. No, I did like that. I like if he really was. Like a fanboy, or like if there really was, if he was the most successful, you know, murder mystery writer of all time, and yeah. he was worth sixty million plus all this other shit without making a single movie or TV show based on his books, mm-hmm. then like one of them had to be a fanboy. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so if it wasn't if it wasn't Blanc and it wasn't you know the lieutenant de- detective, I'm glad they at least had the one character that was like, oh no, I've read them all. I love it. He's like, oh, that's from that. Like, yeah, like he just kept saying like, oh, that's from that show and all that. Or, like, or not show, but he's like, oh, that's from this book. Like, you know, the hidden yeah. window and stuff like that. Like, I just really like the fact that, yeah, like you said, they have to have that character. Because then like, what the fuck are they doing? How are you the most successful person? And then like, no one is read in your right. books. Yeah, yeah. And then, and especially because I did love the fact that it was a rainbow gravity. <laughs> yeah, and she was, was like, funny. And he was the, they were talking about that book and she's like, I've never read it. And, and the Blanc's like, oh yeah, neither have I. I just like the name. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, just, I really like He's like, that. nobody's actually read it, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, that makes me curious if that's a real book. I know, right? Or something yeah. like that. Um, 
at this point, no. Do you guys have any dislikes? Do you want to talk about some dislikes? <laughs> Did you dislike anything about this movie? I guess that starts with me. I don't know why I'm really like going to you guys. That's my turn to start. I'm supposed to start it. Mm. Um, I mean, I know you guys have already contradicted this a little bit. I do think the pacing got a little slow a little sometimes. Just a little bit. I think those scenes where they really, when they were focused solely on Marta at her house and stuff like that, played a little slow. And it's just because... Honestly, it's because, like, there were less characters. Because even when they were one-on-one with another character, it's like you knew the other characters were right around or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Or even when she was talking to Chris Evans in that bar cafe thing, it was right after Insanity with all the characters and stuff like that. It's just like when they were at her house, it's just like you know it's her sister mom, and you don't know much about them. So, like, those parts moved a little slower because the only character you know is her. Like... I didn't think that the whole thing of the new, like I, I found the whole thing with the news cameras outside and all this other stuff to be a little weird because I still think you could have just had it where she gets outside through a hallway because that was the other way thing that I thought was weird too. Oh, let me sneak out the back, which is a hallway. Right. Like, what the fuck is the front then? Why right. is the back a hallway? Like why is the front not a hallway? Like it was such a weird, I don't think that that's a layout of any apartment complex ever. The back would be like, I could see the front being a hallway and the back being like a yard because I have been in places like that. Mm-hmm. But like that's this was like the exact opposite. And it was so fucking weird to me. And then like you still could have had it like she's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I have to go, you know, back to the house. And then just Michael Shannon being in the hallway. Right. I think that would have played out a little better. Um, I didn't necessarily understand the point completely of the kid from it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say he, much. he did play an alt-right troll and all this other stuff because, yes, you know it. He They call him that nine billion times. One of the few things he does say is anchor baby. So you know exactly like what his thought processes are on a lot of this stuff. And he dresses just like Tucker, Tucker Carlson, which <laughs> is an alt-right troll. He's a, he's a little fucking Nazi. Um, but if you're going to have him be a little fucking Nazi, like have just people calling him that, and him saying a couple of things that were, you know, kind of like that felt a little off. Like I would have had to, I would have liked him to be more like a, a keyboard crusader where he's like sitting there and anytime anybody's talking about something, he's just like, that's liberal propaganda or something, you know, just like have him legitimately be that a little bit more, like have him like actually verbalize it more, like really embody that character. Because like as much as everybody was saying it, you only got a little bit of it and it was in like, but everybody would say it so much, you know? Like, at one point, like, I think Blanc's character calls him a little Nazi and all this other stuff. <laughs> but I'm like, just because of, like, two things. Like, don't get me wrong. They're very Nazi-ish things. <laughs> it's just you can't have the overall impression that this is a creepy little Nazi kid. Just because everybody says it. I mean, it's not like this family is the most trustworthy fucking family in the world. <laughs> you know, I just wish they had actually shown it a little. And I know that's weird. That I'm like, hey, can we see a little bit more Nazism out of that kid? <laughs> if we're going to make that a central character trait. But I just, I do wish they had more of that. Plus that kid is a little good actor. He was mm-hmm. great in it, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I, I just would have, I think he could have been a little good little Nazi. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just wish there was more of that. Um, those are kind of really my only big complaints. Um, all right. There's one kind of fallacy in the story too, though, is the, the maid or the housekeeper getting injected with morphine. Friend or whatever. Friend. Um, I feel like she was alive longer than 10 minutes. Which was very much this very strict timeline. Yeah. They said you had to survive a morphine accident, which yeah. I know she dies, but I'm talking about like her kind of coming back to life. Like, I just feel like it would have been that already. 
I feel like based on the timeline they laid out at the end or something like that, I think it just, she would have been dead for too long. You know, I understand they needed her to come back so she could say, you know, Hugh did it and all this other stuff, which I will give them kudos for that, for just having the forethought to name him Hugh, just Mm -hmm. because if somebody's like in the midst of a morphine overdose, you know, you very easily give you did it or Hugh did it. And when you, yeah. do you know if that I just smart. said two different things? Yeah. Which one did I say first? No one knows. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. A, I don't enunciate clearly. But yeah, but that's the same thing a morphine addict or an uh, OD person would do. Mm-hmm. You know, you did it, Hugh did it. It's a very quick thing. Like you don't know like always the difference. And I will say that, that that was probably one of the smartest things mm-hmm. was naming him that. Yeah, that was know. good. And the whole fact of like that one little offline really leads back to it of the whole, you made the help call you Hugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, instead of ransom, like ransom's what his family called him. Cause it was his middle name, but the help called him Hugh. And I liked that. There was that one little twist. And then of course the other little twist of like, Oh, I stashed it. Like, yeah. Oh, that's my stash. Yeah. You know, and all this other stuff, which isn't really that good of a stash because you know the little <laughs> fucking daughter is going to go raid the stash right? Yep. <laughs> randomly at any given point. Like once she knows there's weed in there, she's like, oh, going to go get it. You know? Yeah. So yeah. that just means during the whole like blackmail plan, she could have actually lost her backup accidentally to shitty little SJW girl. Like she would, she could have lost it just accidentally. Like her seeing this and being like, that's weird. It shows everything's the fine. So why is this being hidden and just like thrown away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just says everything's fine. Tossed. Yep. You know, or just any number of things. And so it's just, it's a very weird, weird thing. And for as good as this movie was keeping at keeping things consistent. And I will say this, I'm glad they didn't do any, any fake red herrings. And yes, there are fake red herrings, but I'm talking about where a character acts out of character for the benefit of no one, but right. the audience. It's so notorious in movies. And there's the one, it's got Mila Jolovich and Timothy Oliphant. And Steve's on. I want to say it's called Perfect Holiday or Perfect Vacation. Getaway. Or- something like that. Yeah, Perfect Getaway or something like that. And like the whole movie, like there are times where Mila Jolovich and Steve Zahn's characters, who are a couple, are the only ones on that island or around or the focus of the camera. There's no one around them. And they're like, do you think those that couple's the murderer? And they're like, oh, I don't know, but... <coughs> Whoa, that came out of nowhere. Um, but they're like, we need to like keep an eye out on them and all this other stuff. But no one's around. <laughs> but they're the murderers. They know they're the murderers. <laughs> they know this couple over there is not the murderers. <laughs> Why, Why the fuck you? are they talking to each other? Like there legitimately is a like a possibility that other couple's the murderers. <laughs> when yeah. no one else is around. When it's yeah. literally the only characters in that vicinity, within like a hundred yards, is them two and the camera guy. <laughs> <laughs> And they're yeah. doing a testimonial like it's a fucking real world episode. Like, I don't know who the killer is at all. And it's and that's it. But it's they're the killers. That's disingenuous because they would never have that conversation because they're the killers. So yeah. I did like the fact that in this movie that there was nothing just for the sole benefit of the audience or to misdirect the audience in that manner. Yeah. If a misdirection was given. Exactly. So that's another kudos for this movie. I know that's really weird to do in my dislike section, but yes, even the 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 Nana, even the Nana, when she's like, you're back again so soon. Like I didn't catch that. I did. Yeah, I didn't catch it. But the reason why I didn't end up thinking about it much is because when ransom, when they show the first flashback of ransom leaving, you hear the, 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 uh, the grandmother go ransom. And then she like mumbles something else. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear what she said. So to me, it just seemed like, and when she said, oh, you're back again so soon, or you're back, you know, whatever the fuck she actually said. In that scene to the Marta, 
seemed a little bit like she might just like kind of see like ransom more or something like that. Like she sees people and she just assumes ransom or something like that. Like, yeah, that's just like her old, you know, riddled mind saying something. Mm -hmm. So I actually thought that they were going to think it was ransom because of her and it might end up being somebody else Mm -hmm. or just something like that because of that situation, because of just her like always like saying ransom with something kind of like a parrot or something, you know, just like saying it and it not actually mean anything, but they think it did. And so like, so whenever she said that when, when, when they were doing Marta's flashback, I was just like, Oh yeah. She just says ransom shit. Like, so it didn't click that there was like, that was her favorite or something. She was like, Oh, you're leaving already. And then oh, you're back so soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just something like that, you know? Yeah. That's what I thought too. But yeah, the, the movie did a good job of making you dismiss it kind of early on when it actually mattered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not like hereditary where you don't know you need to pay attention. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> or they just make up shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all for a purpose and it's very clever writing in that way for sure. Unlike hereditary where it's all for a purpose, which is nothing. <laughs> Fuck, why do you fucking bring up that movie? I, you know, it's just the first thing that came to mind as an example. But when you were talking about the, uh, the scene with all the cameras and everything outside of her house, I'm actually wondering, like, how did they know that information? Because I feel like that family is not going to want to tell people that, oh, his hired help got all of our money. So I'm kind of like, why did the news people even know about that? How was that even something like, where would that information have come from for them to be out of her house to know this lady got all of his money? You well, know? I think part of it was to go with Michael Shannon's thing mm-hmm. of, hey, you're going to have scrutiny on you now. They're mm. going to find out your mom's here illegally. Oh, okay. Like, I think the family called the media to leak that story. Yeah. Oh. So that somebody would think. Could have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just so they would be like, oh, hey, we were looking into this person and her mom's here illegally. Mm-hmm. And so the family would be like, hey, we can help you. Like that whole type of situation. I feel right. like that that's why they did that. Okay. That makes because sense. Because I think that's why it was also making the mom so uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, because she's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, here, not like that aspect, yeah. like th- That part of it made sense. I just didn't think that that scene was completely necessary. I think you could have gotten away with just a threat. Just the verbal threat would, I think, have done the same thing. Right. You know, I just think it, they didn't need all that other shit with it. Um, Justin, what about you? What did you not like? Um, man, I mean, there's really not much, but I would say I think just out of all of the scenes, maybe that that mini car chase scene. Uh, I, I guess it was kind of played for laughs, or you know, it, it was just. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think you necessarily needed that. Like, no, I think, I think you're right on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that could have. That's something you could have just omitted. You know, well, and I think Daniel yeah. Craig Blanc could have been while Blanc just could have just walked up to the car and it would have been just as effective as, you know, the having the chase and then him walking up to the car. I think you could have totally. Yeah. And I like that. And I liked the fact that I did like the fact that at least the guy afterwards said that is the stupidest car. Chase <laughs> yeah. I've ever yeah. Been on. Yeah. It doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. At good. least. Yeah. So that kind of saved it for me because that was a good laugh because as he I was thinking it, he said it. So yeah. that that was yeah, exactly because yeah. you're just like, well, what the fuck was that? And he's yeah. even like, yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. I think that it was a car chase where I think two left turns were made into alleys and then it ended or something. It was so well, weird. It was because it was something like her <laughs> small car could get through it, but these SUVs couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like she ends up like, you know, more or less putting herself in a, you know, fucking dead end. 
but not even realizing it because she's not a colonel mastermind <laughs> and then it's just like yeah afterwards he's like but of course we're gonna like fucking get you still like you're <laughs> you're not actually escaping us you're just literally going places we can't just delaying but it going where we know you're going right yeah like you're going like the one direction you can go through these places we're gonna know how to get you in the end it's yeah. you know and i did like the fact that whenever you know it like shows that like the the speedometer of the the police cars and it's like 90 and then it gets to hers and it's like 60, 60. And, then you, and then you see the perspective of oh no they're right behind her yeah uh-huh. like they already caught up to her it's not even like they're really anything it's like oh no they already caught up to her yeah yeah like leblanc is then like like look over and is he he's or they're right next to he's his like, car right next to them and he's like no answer the phone yeah like at that point they were just like it wasn't even a chase they're just like just stop yeah just stop please just yeah so that was a little eh, you know maybe maybe you could have done without that one and the only other really it's not even really a complaint it's kind of a one of those i just wanted more complaint things i do but just more scenes where Christopher Plummer's character maybe was interacting with other family members. Like, yes, I would have liked to have seen him with the, uh, the family members we mm. didn't get to see. Yeah, him that with. we didn't get. Yeah, if we could have just yeah. gotten some scenes with, like you said, just with him interacting with some of those other family members, I think that would be great. And maybe, maybe there are. Hopefully, some deleted scenes will uh, rear their ugly head whenever it's released across media and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I really would have appreciated some more mm-hmm. scenes with the other family members. Yeah, no, I think I, I do agree. Like I would have just liked to see him doing something and like talking to his one grandson and him seeing like, you are a little Nazi shit, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe that's where all the real Nazi shit is, is this one cut scene with him and Christopher Plummer. Him being just like, you are a little Nazi shit. <laughs> You know, and then like with what's his, the jumpy, uh, his mother, Michael Shannon's wife, who's all jumping. And I, that was a very good scene when he's talking about when Michael Shannon's character is talking about the family <laughs> and he's like, my wife, she's my rock. And then just like something falls and she freaks out about yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's funny. the most unstable, unrock like person ever. Yeah. And he's like, she's great. my rock. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> you know, and I like the fact that like, you essentially get to see where little Nazi shit does get some of it from because Michael Shannon's very much kind of the same way. And so is his mom. Like his mom was very much the same type of way and stuff like that. And so, you know, I just, I liked that you did get to see those aspects of it. Um, Anything else, Justin? No, that was it for me. Heather, what did you not like about this movie? There's not really a whole lot. Like, honestly, it's just if I have to pick something, um, I would say also like regarding the car chase scene, it kind of just reminded me that I do feel like for um, for him being a private investigator and experience and everything, I think that Marta did actually act a little bit more shady and jumpy than he made it seem like she did. Like, I feel like surely you could see that she's acting weird right now and that should make you suspicious of her more than you are. Mm. And that's why I thought like when he caught up to her in the car that he was like, he's like, oh, she's in this and I know she's in this. But then he's like, did he make you do it? You know, like he still just never expected it was her. And I just feel like some of her actions did point a little bit to her acting weird. Maybe he doesn't know why, but he should have questioned her a little bit more on some of those things than he did, I think. And um, the other thing I would say too is um, Harlan when he's Harwin, of course, Harley. <laughs> um, hey, whoa, 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 what the fuck are you saying? Um, you guys name's Harwin. 
um, when he is having that conversation with uh, Tony Collette's character. Um, I forget her name. Joan? Joni? Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So when he's having a conversation with her about cutting her out because she's taking money and all of that, it was interesting to me that he was like, you and your daughter are both done after this. When the daughter didn't seem to really have any knowledge of that happening. And he does seem to care about like, oh, I want you to have an education. And he was always paying that. So it seemed a little bit out of character for him as someone who's like, if you're a good person, you're doing good things. I want to reward that. So I, I thought it was weird that he was cutting off the granddaughter as well. And maybe well, it's because the mom would have taken the money. Well, even but, even outside of that, I think part of it was also the fact that he was like, she's been in school for four years. Yeah. What else is that. she doing? Like, mm-hmm. And they also implied that, like, you know, it kind of comes across as, like, s- snobby remarks from the other characters. Like, oh, she's just wasting doing whatever at this liberal arts college and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. When maybe that's exactly what she was doing. She was just, like, going to school not really focusing on a degree just because someone she else was paying it for it. For free, it. yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. It just was kind of like, a, oh, he was hardcore. Like, he cut off the granddaughter, too. And she doesn't even know what's happening. But, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But, um, but again, I was just trying to think of things that were a little bit like, hmm, you know, in the movie. But there's not many because it's a really good movie. So, well, yeah. And, and to go back to your first thing about him, like, she was acting, like, shadier than he was, like, letting on to. That's very much the Perot type of detective of... In, in, in that type of movie and stuff like that or story with it where things that are super obvious to the audience, the detective won't even notice. Mm-hmm. And it's not really that he's not noticing them. It's more that he's trying to lull that person into a false sense of security because he knew that, you know, because he knew Marta was hiding something. And it's more or less like because of the type of person he she was that he knew if she, she would get to a point where she would admit everything. Like he knew she would get to that point. And that's one reason why he was like, hey, no, come be my Watson. Like he just, he knew that she knew more and that ultimately she would tell the truth type of thing. And it's just, that's what that type of detective always does. And it, or at least that type of story, because there's always going to be that thing you're, you're like, but they did that. And the detective just blows right by it. And part of it is because I think, especially with this character, he knew she was hiding something, but he knew she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, so he the, was like, I'll get to it, but it's not priority because I know she didn't do it. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Like I know why she's doing this. And if I fuck it up now, I might lose track of something else. Yeah. It's fair. just, it, it's just the way that those stories always go, at least in my like point of view is it's, it's, it's a slight miss. Like, cause the whole point is you always want the audience like Perot, you know, is a superhero detective, same with Sherlock, because there's numerous stories about that person. So like, you know, you're on like book or episode or movie 30 on those people and you know like oh no they're a genius detective mm-hmm. and all this other stuff this is like a version of that so you do get that slight introduction because you do want them to kind of seem a little bit bumbling mm-hmm. like there was always a big thing about uh Colum- um colombo oh yeah colombo was always like just seemed like a very bumbling type of detective and he didn't look like he was that perceptive and he would always like ask the same question twice and he's like oh sorry you know i just forgot you know how mm-hmm. it is and <laughs> like he just that type of and i f- kind of feel like this man was very much like that mm-hmm. like he would ask a question that just seemed stupid yeah just so you would answer it or like because you're like oh this fucker's stupid you know and things like that he would do things like that intentionally now some of it was a misdirect like 
I do think that there were times where he was going out of his way for the benefit of the camera to do that, but not so much so that, like I said, it was truly deceptive to the audience. Mm -hmm. Like it was just, you know, there might've been times he just was not paying attention to something. Like when Marta had that little piece of the, the trussing, Mm-hmm. And she's like throwing it and stuff like that. Oh. And it could be that legitimately he was so focused on something else that he's not caring what the fuck's going on, you know, mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Like, I do think he knew that she wiped out the tape, you know, that she fucked up the tape with the magnet and all this other stuff. I do think he knew that because I think he knew it didn't matter, you know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay. And it's just like little things like that. Like, that's just what that type of detective or that type of story is. That I do think he was like a combination of Columbo and Perot. Not as much Sherlock Holmes, but a little bit. Because, I mean, of course, any story like this with a superstar detective is going to have Sherlock Holmes references. And they did. You know, he called her Watson and stuff like that. It's just, you know, that's what they are, you know. And I guess maybe to that point, like, if I had known a little bit more about... um uh, Benoit's character like it, you, they didn't really give a lot of backstory about him necessarily so I didn't really know what type of thing to expect from him and how his actions would be so um, but I mean and like you're basing it because apparently he's based on this uh, t- on Perot. Well, like, like I said yeah like it was uh, Ryan Johnson has gone out and said he's a southern v- version of Perot yeah. slash Sherlock Holmes and, and like right. all this other stuff and which I hadn't, like, I hadn't heard that before, so I didn't think about it that way. So, but if I had, I might have been like, "Oh, that's just kind of how this character is." But not knowing that going in, I was just kind of like, "I feel like he should be catching on to a little bit more than he did." But when, yeah, when you compare it to those types of characters that we've seen before, you don't really need to know his backstory to just know like that's just how he works. That's what he's doing. Oh so. yeah, and like, is anybody else kind of sad that like? Is this based off a book? I don't think it is. I don't I think, think so. So, like, yeah, now I'm sad that, like, are we going to get more? I hope so. I know. Like, Benoit Blanc movies? Mm-hmm. Like, is this what, you know, that would be cool. Daniel Craig's going to be doing afterwards? I would or, love I don't that. give a fuck if they did it, like, kind of like James Bond or just something where every movie is someone else playing. Yeah. Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Or something, cool. you know. Just that type of thing. Like, I just, it would be super fun to get all these that different, fun. like, Benoit Blanc stories. Yeah. Because, like, I want to see that now. Yeah. yeah. You know, that would like, be actually really cool. Because, yeah. Like, yeah, like Perot and Sherlock, like they have books. Mm-hmm. There are Agatha Christie, you know, Perot books and stuff like that. Like, I want to see that, but I want to see, I want to see more, like, or at least books. Like, Ryan Johnson, write some fucking books or hire somebody to write some <laughs> fucking books or something. <laughs> right. But, all right, anything else, guys? No. No, that's it. All right, Heather, recommendation and score. Yeah, um, definitely recommend it. I would say it's honestly probably one of the most entertaining and best movies that I've seen this year. Um, it's, it's really like it's living up to the hype of everything that people are saying about it, which isn't always the case, but this one is. It's really entertaining. It's smart. It's fun. It's funny. It's it's just a very clever movie with great performances from literally everybody that's in it. Um, I definitely do recommend it. My score, oh, it's so tough to say. Um, I think I'm going to go with 93 um, hidden secret notes that can only be seen with heat. Out of 100. Just one about you. Um, I definitely agree with Heather. I think that this movie did live up to the hype. There was a lot of hype going in. The previews were were very well done, I thought. I was intrigued ever since the moment I saw the first preview for this film, and it did not disappoint in any way. I mean, every single actor and actress showed up. The directing was great. It told a fun, very energetic, very ambitious story. And I was entertained throughout. So I agree. This is easily one of the best movies of the year. And it would be a shame if you missed this uh, 
while it's in theaters because I think that this is one, even though, yeah, could, could you watch this on Netflix or something or any form of media and get the same thing out of it? Sure. But man, there was something about just being there in the theater and experiencing this and going to see this with other people and putting it together and talking about it afterwards. And I think that that was just as much as fun of an experience as actually watching it. So yeah, this movie is fantastic. It's one of the best this year. Go see this. I highly recommend it for everyone. My score is going to be 95 Captain America, Chris Evans. Why or why did you do it? Out of a hundred. <laughs> um, for me, I'm definitely gonna say, uh, yeah, what these guys said. Um, I think what my version of you should watch this in a theater is watch this in a way that you can't interrupt it. So even if you are watching this on Netflix, good stuff, or, or on iTunes or something like that, watch it with other people and like or like intentionally lose your remote. Make it to where you cannot pause this because, well, like I said, where it does get a little slow at points and stuff like that. It definitely has better pacing than not. So I think any interruption in that really kind of ruins the magic of what this movie does. Yeah, that's a so great point. If you're not going to watch this in theaters, which I don't know why the fuck you're listening to, especially this episode, with having not, you know, watched it already, because this movie's ruined for you completely. Um, <laughs> but I do think that this movie does have rewatch value to it. Just for because sure. the performances are so strong and all this other stuff that while you do lose the magic of the whodunit, that I think that one thing you can do on a rewatch is enjoy just more of what's actually just happening on the screen. Like you don't have to worry about the whodunit. You don't have to look for hidden clues or anything like that. Or maybe look for more hidden clues. Like was there was there more there that like gave away what it was that they didn't like automatically tell you and things like that. Like I would just go watch that or... Like, go focus on just, like, an individual character to see, like, yeah. you know, to, like, kind of suss out more of, like, what else is there to the, you know, those different characters. Because there is so much there, and all the performances are so strong that I think that it does still have rewatchability. I mean, it's so much so that, like, it does have a good twist, kind of like The Sixth Sense, but I think it's more watchable than The Sixth Sense. Because The Sixth Sense, afterwards, I'm not going to lie, when you watch it, like, a second or a third time, it feels a little dumb because... It doesn't quite track as well that way. There are little things here and there that just doesn't feel like it really tracks as well. Whereas this movie, it still works, I think. I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't seen it a second time or anything like that. But it feels, I do genuinely feel like it's going to track better. You know, you're not going to be like, I don't think like multiple rewatchings will poke that many holes in it. I'm sure it will. Because the more you watch something, the more you're going to notice an inconsistency there or something like that. But this movie feels so well done. I don't feel like it's going to get that many uh, hits or misses in there. I feel like it's going to work more than not. Oh, fuck. I have to give a score of 90. Um, 90, uh, Christopher Plummer's playing, or no, not Christopher Plummer. Let's say 90 Harwell's playing with Go With Marta <laughs> out of 100. Because that was a fun scene. I genuinely liked that scene. I liked their chemistry. So... Yeah, 90 Harwells and Marta's having fun. Or just in there playing, like, drinking coffee. She's like, I really just loved their chemistry. So, yes. And I just wanted to say Harwell a of few more times. Of course you did. Yeah. yeah, of course you did. All right. <laughs> no. 
Well, thank you guys for listening to the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out at Cinema Slayers podcast on Facebook. Check us out at Cinema underscore Slayers on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you go to our website, www.cinemaslayers.com, if you already forgot that, uh, go there, go into the top right corner, click the little merch button. You can go to our merch store, which is also cinemaslayers.threadless.com. So check all that out. Uh, email us at cinemaslayerspodcast at gmail.com for any recommendations or anything. Or DM us on Twitter or uh, Facebook or any of that stuff. Uh, and just hit us up and let us know. Uh, let us know what you thought about uh, Knives Out. Uh, if you couldn't tell, we all really liked it. So what did you think? And other than that, guys, remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is best picture winner. One bagel, two bagel, three bagel, four bagels. Yes, Justin, I eat four Justin, bagels. Justin, we are in somebody else's apartment. <laughs> you, you can't be doing that shit. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm going to get kicked out tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, We're geez. in somebody else's apartment. Too bad. You fucking non-bagel eater. <laughs>